The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hi, welcome back, y'all. The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live in the Prop Swap Studios, and it's 1030, so it's time for our NFL Eagles Insider John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. Phillyvoice.com, SI.com is where you can find all of John's written work. And he hosts Extending the Play every Saturday morning right here from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Well, John, let's uh, get more into the Eagles, although this game doesn't mean anything, yet it also means a lot for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, well, it doesn't mean anything for the Eagles. Uh, obviously, for this season, it means a lot for the Washington football team. And depending on you know how you look at these things, I mean, obviously, you have this whole, we talked about it a lot, tanking mentality, I think, in Philadelphia more than even most cities because of what went on with the basketball team for so long. And you have this whole group um, that, you know, advocates losing, um, and yeah, that's just not how coaches and players go about it. Now, um, <laughs> you know, the Eagles have only won four games for merit reasons, the fact they don't have a ton of talent. I, I think that's been the most interesting part of this week has been a shift uh, from the coaching staff, to be honest. Uh, you know, finally admitting it, it when you're in the – the midst of the struggle and you're trying to fight each and every week you get those constant cliches next man up and you know we have to we have to power through it we got to do the best we can with the hand we're dealt all that kind of stuff and and now that all hope is lost and you know week 17 is it um, and then you start looking forward to 2021 now you see the coaches from Doug Peterson today with Jim Swartz and Dave Fitt kind of, you know, admitting the honest part of this and that talent's just not there. So from the coaching standpoint, it's about the process, a different process, and, and that's what you're trying to get players better uh, each and every day, and that's how you get through these kind of bad seasons. Yeah, and, and I don't want the Eagles to lose this game on purpose, and I know they're not going to approach it any other way, but let's go win it. But, John, walk us through the impact for the draft. So I saw if the Eagles lose, they will be either in the 3-6 to six range, but if they win, what's the range that they'll be in? Well, they're 6 right now. Um, uh, they could, if a lot of things fall their way, the best they could get to is number three. Number one and number two 
are already locked in. That's the only two teams locked in, and that's obviously um, Jacksonville and the New York Jets. And it's very unlikely. So you're talking about, as I said, if the draft were to come off right now, it would be number six if you lose. Uh, depending on what happens elsewhere, you might get up to five or four if you lose. I'm not sure how far, to be honest, I haven't looked at it, how far they could fall. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be a significant pick. Uh, and it's the most significant pick this organization has had since Carson Wentz, to be honest. And, you know, I remember back then, and, and remember how that unfolded, the Eagles had to trade up twice get to that so it wasn't like they had that number two pick on on, uh from playing that poorly but i do remember howie roseman at the time and 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 and, uh doug peterson at the time saying that you know you don't want to be up this high uh very often and they're not going to be up that high quite uh quite that high but they're going to be up pretty high and that's not a goal that you want to be at, to be honest. So, you know, we, we talk about tanking, and they're going to most likely go out, not most likely, whoever's playing is going to go try and win the game. Uh, that's obvious. But are they going to be smart about this? So there's going to be guys, uh, i.e. Zach Ertz, we've talked a lot about him. If they're looking to trade him and he goes out Sunday and tears an ACL in a meaningless game, that's not good business. So what could we see from that angle? Uh, it, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you're going to see much of that. I, I mean, generally the rule uh, of some in the NFL is if there's anything wrong, uh, you're going to sit. So uh, let's be honest. I mean, if you're questionable uh, and you're on the Washington football team, you're going to try to go because you know that's it for you. It's either win or go home. Uh, those guys are going to power through it. In a situation, if you're having a nagging injury, Fletcher Cox would probably be the best example, a guy who was fairly practiced really for the last month or so trying to get to each game day and trying to power through it. He wasn't able to do it after he tweaked his his neck and had a stinger in Dallas. Um, He's not going to play. Uh, I mean, guys like that is sort of the ones you shut down when uh, there's no hope. Zach had been out, but he's healthy now, so I expect he's going to play. And from the Washington side of things, this is just off topic a little bit, but um, I saw you tweet about it and retweet Adam Schefter. Haskins, the former quarterback for Washington, went unclaimed. Um, do we expect him to be signed anywhere soon? Uh, I don't know. Uh, really, you don't get into that off-season mode. I thought the interesting part was waivers, because if you claimed him on waivers, you would be getting that original contract. Now, um, you could even get a better deal uh, for just waiting free agency uh, and, and as a street free agent. But you don't have to deal with other teams. So I think the interesting part was does somebody believe that they can fix this kid and then you have him under contract for two more years and potentially three because he was a first-round pick at a relatively cost-effective number. 
sort of $2 million in that range. Uh, but now that he's a street free agent, you can get him cheaper, but you got to deal with other teams. So we know it's a, uh, a quarterback desperate league. He's going to get an opportunity. Uh, but there's no hurry at this point because um, the offseason has got a ways to start. Uh, but somebody will declare and, and get him relatively early to make sure one thing you want with quarterbacks uh, is they need to be in through the whole off-season program to learn the offense and all that kind of stuff. And it's going to be interesting from that standpoint. Are we even going to have an off-season program again? Yeah. Because things aren't going well on the COVID front. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point, and that's um, something to keep an eye on. I, I can't even imagine what this off-season is going to bring from that standpoint. All right, we, we talk about if the Eagles win – um, this is their potential draft position. If they lose, this is their potential draft position. Just for fun, John, what is the ideal scenario from John McMullen's standpoint on the best team to win the NFC East that would benefit the Eagles and the and the division's future? Uh, I don't. I don't know if any of them benefits hmm. the Eagles as far as who wins the division. I, I think. I think that's more of a fan thing. Uh, I mean, everybody's a rival typically. Uh, I think, obviously, most fans dislike Dallas the most. Uh, well, so from a, probably... just to just to jump in, John, from like a draft perspective, like should Washington win the division, they're not going to be any higher than 19th overall. So I guess it's really strictly from like draft positioning and how it impacts – every team's offseason. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. You are going to take a hit from from draft positioning if you win the division. So I think if you look at the most talented team, I mean, if you project forward and, and Dak Prescott is helping, you saw those receivers uh, and what they were able to do with even Andy Dalton at quarterback. Uh, I, I would say Dallas is still the most talented team. And remember, uh, on the offensive line, um they had some of the same issues as the Eagles. I, I mean, Zach Martin's not there. Um, um, uh, Teron Smith is not there. Lyle Collins is not there. All those guys were injured and are all Pro Bowl-level players. So um, if they were to get a, a, a top-ten pick, then you start saying, well, you're going to add another big-time talent to that group. So from that standpoint, yeah, I guess. But, look, all of all three of those teams, uh, uh, none of them are the Kansas City Chiefs, let's put it that way. So I don't think you would get too concerned over any of them. Talking with our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com for all of John's written work. And you can listen to Extending the Play every Saturday morning on 1490 from 10 a.m to 11 a.m. All right, John, let's get some just standard team updates. Who spoke today? Uh, anything that's changed that we need to be updated on? No, I, today was coordinator day, so it was Jim Schwartz and, and Dave Fipp. And now that um, a couple weeks ago they changed the COVID protocols again, so uh, basically team facilities are not open the players until Wednesday so we don't get any players until Wednesday um, and it, as I said the shift in, in kind of the narrative and, 
you know, basically the coach is trying to prop up these players. I, I put on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it, Ryan, uh, you know, if you think about the Eagles going into Dallas and, and what was a must-win game, they had to win the game, they have a chance to win the division, and you look at the defensive side of the football, and you look at all these players that were in double-digit snaps, and it was guys like, Mike Jaquette and Graylin Arnold and Kayvon Wallace and Joe Batchy and Raquan Williams and T.Y. McGill. It's just not, it's not feasible. Uh, and and it, it showed up and it wasn't feasible. And I think that's what I was kind of saying at the beginning of this conversation where everybody from Doug Peterson on down has kind of said, uh, you know, it's the hand you're dealt, and you got to do the best you can, but it's a personnel-driven league. You know, as the Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz talk is not going to go away uh, anytime soon, it's only going to get louder. I-, I brought this up, and I can't even remember if I brought it up to you in the past week or so, but I said it with Rich Q, like, what are the Eagles doing exactly with Jalen Hurts? And I say that because I'm fine with Carson Wentz being benched. But for him to not come back in here, you have Jalen Hurts playing, and he's playing well. The team stinks. They're, they've been losing. But if we're going back to Carson anyway, like I, I just don't know what the end game is between the two quarterbacks, and we've talked about this a million times. I'm just trying to kind of bring up a different angle into the conversation do you feel like they've made a massive mistake as far as putting Carson back in like why didn't they put him back in and if Carson's going to be starting week one I just don't get how they've ended the season I guess is my long-winded explanation no I, I agree <laughs> with you I mentioned that on Rich's show today as a matter of fact I, I think you know look they were trying to win the division that that's why they made the change and and Carson as I said benched himself uh but now that you look back and you say they didn't win the division and basically they scored the same amount of points with Jalen Hurts uh as they do with Carson Wentz and you have the same issues the offensive line um uh, not performing well, understandably so, because of all the injuries. The receivers still stink. The running backs are overrated. Um, it's all the same. But they did look a little bit better. They got more yardage. They moved the football a little bit easier until it was time to turn it into points, and then it all kind of imploded. Um and now you take a look back in hindsight and say, what have you accomplished other than creating more controversy? Because now yeah. it's 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 more it's more legitimate now because you can say, well, Jalen Hurts moved the football better than Carson Wentz. You can say that, and and you got a point to be honest. Um, uh, but you're right. I, I think the team is going to go back to Carson. So from from my standpoint now, I, I've reverted back to where I was at the start of this. Not not to say that Carson deserved to be in there, but again, it, it's bigger than that. And, and the fact that say it all the time, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks, you don't want controversy. The Eagles have invited controversy. 
and they've only increased that controversy. And it's not helpful. It really isn't. Yeah, it, it just seems like it would be too idiotic for the Eagles to continue to start Jalen Hurts and then start Carson Wentz week one. And, and I know you've detailed it many times that, listen, the cap hit, Jeffrey Lurie's not going to do it, Carson Wentz is going to be here. So then what What are you doing? <laughs> like, why didn't you go back to Carson Wentz this week? I, it would make sense. Okay, we're benching you for a game. We're benching you for two games. But to have him sit the remainder of the year and then have him start week one, I think that's the most idiotic option out of, you know, a hypothetical A, B, C, or D. Well, I think the only way this wouldn't have been idiotic is if, if, if Jalen Hurts ran the table and they right. won the division. Right. The fact that that didn't happen. And there was an opportunity. I mean, if they win that Arizona game and they were in it, I mean, they have the inside track to win the division. So it was closer than it may seem right now. But uh, while I say that, uh, now that it hasn't happened, now, yeah, now it just looks dumb because uh, you've let one guy finish the season and, you know, essentially – and, and it could change, you know. I, I mean, things could happen, but the most likely scenario is that Carson Wentz is going to be the starter week one of next season for all the issues we detailed. And <laughs> it's just uh, now you have in the back of your mind, let's say you kick off and he performs poorly. I mean, the pressure is going to be immediate and it's going to be intense. The bench him. I, 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 they have not handled this well. They have not handled this well. Uh, they are not a quarterback factory. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it really dates back. It, this should have been something that everybody thought about. Whoever you want to blame, whether you, whether you think it was a good pick, bad pick, indifferent pick, the Eagles should have known this was a possibility. And they didn't seemingly, and then they should have known by benching the quarterback, and I think Doug did know, by the way. I think Doug did know. He was just trying to salvage this season. But I don't know if Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie knew what they were creating, and that's kind of silly. Because, How can they not know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, quarterback controversies around this league, give me one that was good. Right. They're never good. They're never good. And, and the fact that they didn't envision this is a strike against that organization. We've talked about scapegoats a lot as well, but just it ties into this conversation because my mind goes to, okay, they look idiotic, as I've mentioned, so how does Jeffrey Lurie bury the body? How does Jeffrey Lurie cover this up? Who is the scapegoat? It, it feels like Doug Peterson no longer being the head coach could become more and more likely as idiotic as that seems. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I talked about it a lot and, and as I get away from it and I start thinking about really the three options and that's Doug Peterson. Um, and from the coaching staff, I'm talking about Doug Peterson, Jim Schwartz, Dave Fifth. I, I don't think any of them should go now. Uh, granted, that's not going to be sexy. That's not going to be what the fans want to hear. 
But if Jeffrey Lurie wants to be innovative, and that's the tag he always um, chases. I mean, he's obsessed with being labeled innovative, uh, and he's obsessed with being a step ahead. And uh, he and Howie want to be the smartest guys in the room. If they if they want to be that, then how, how about you know drifting off from the group thing? Because this league as a whole is never about solving problems. And, and this isn't just the Eagles. This isn't a criticism of the Eagles. This is every team and every organization in this league because it is such a public-facing industry, because it is so much pressure uh, under a microscope, every single team in this league. When you have bad seasons, it's never about solving the problems of why you had a bad season. It's about assigning blame for that bad season. And it's about scapegoating people. And last year it was Mike Rowe. This year I expect it to be somebody. But if Jeffrey Lurie truly, truly wanted to find the solutions, he should get past that. If he truly wants to think innovatively, don't march to the same drummer everybody else does. You know, Dave Fibb has been a great, great special teams coach. Great since he got here in 2013. Looked it up today. The Eagles are second in special teams touchdowns from 2013 to 2019. Second in block kicks. They're always in the top ten in special teams. This year, the train fell off the rails. Why? Because he became a bad coach or because the personnel stinks? (laughs) I, I mean, ask yourself that question. Doug Peterson... In February of 2018, he finally gave this organization and this fan base what it wanted. And he was a hero in February of 2018, and we're heading to New Year's Day of 2021, and he forgot how to coach. Where is the common sense in that thinking? And I didn't want to bring up Jim Schwartz. I mean, that guy puts things together. Again, I mentioned the names, Arnold, Wallace. Jaquette, Williams, Batchy. Nobody knows who these guys are, and you're expecting the 85 Chicago Bears? Yeah, it's, it's insanity. I, 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 where's the common sense? There is none. There is none. It, it's, you know, and, and we've talked about social media uh, plenty in the past, John, but it really does feel like, all jokes aside, that these owners and bosses in charge of these professional organizations have started to take... Uh, a, a, a troll on Twitter's approach when things start to go off the rails. Like, they just lose all common sense. Well, I, I agree with you. It's even worse now. Uh, I mean, but it's always been that way. Even before social media, it's always been a very reactive business. It's always been a very, as I said, the goal is to assign blame. Yeah. And, and any other business, that's kind of a dumb way to do things. I mean, if something goes wrong, you want to find a solution to get it back right. Here, and, and again, it's not just the Eagles. You want to assign blame, and you want to put that scapegoat out there and say, well, we're going to change this. And, and the ultimate, it, it, all you get out of that, to be honest, is you get that off-season bump. And, yes, the fan base gets excited. Well, we have a new name, and things are going to change. It never changes. It never changes. 
it only changes when you when you stack good decisions and when you make good personnel decisions and when you get good players in. I look, everybody in this industry, everybody will will you know if you ask them who the greatest coach and 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 certainly the modern generation, really the history of the NFL, you know what name you're getting. Belichick. The Patriots aren't good this year. Do you think they're not good this year because Bill Belichick all of a sudden forgot how to coach? <laughs> oh, you can argue the fact that he had that team at 6-6 six and six at one point is coach of the year worthy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I mean – and that's what Dave Fipp was saying today. It, coaching is all, and when he talked about the process, different type of process, again, the Sixers co-opted that word. That's not what it means. Uh, that's what coaches do, and that's how they get through the emotion, you know, because football is such an emotional game. And uh, let's face it, I mean, fans and even players can get so down uh, when you have a, a, a disastrous season. So as a coach, how do you get through that? Because your goal is always to make the players you have a little bit better. And it never changes, whether it's a superstar, whether it's really good talent or really bad talent. That's always your goal. And there's a lot of times, as I said, uh, many times with you on different platforms and, and, and this show, I think last season was Doug Peterson's best coaching performance far better than the Super Bowl season because that team shouldn't have been anywhere near the playoffs uh, and they managed to make that run at the end of the last season um, and this group is obviously you know um, even worse than that uh, and and then you had all the injuries and you had the age and you had the attrition and how he bringing back guys who shouldn't have been brought back we know all the stories and that's how you end up in this situation. Uh, but I don't know. You know, you could bring Bill Belichick in. You could reincarnate Vince Lombardi, whoever you want. They're not winning with this football team. And either is Lincoln Riley. I got news for you. Bring him in. You'll win two games. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> um, John, what's one more here before I let you go? What is something that we have learned with Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback. So over the past few weeks, you know, is it Miles Sanders? Is it, you know, whatever it may be, what is something that you've noticed that you that wasn't there before Jalen Hurts became the starter? I, I think what the most obvious is he's a, a quarterback. A lot of people, when the Eagles drafted him, thought he was a gimmick player, thought he was Taysom Hill on steroids, thought he was that type of guy. Oh, he's a quarterback. And that he proved that he has the potential uh, to be a starting quarterback in this league. Now, uh, a starting quarterback means one of 32. You know, if you're down in the 25 to 32 range, it's not going to help you much. Uh, but it does mean a lot from from his standpoint when you are a second round pick and. Um, when you have that many questions about whether you can do it at, at this level, I, I think he's proven to a lot of people that he's got a chance to be a, a real starting quarterback in this league. And I, I think that's fair to say, but to assume he's going to be a top 10 guy or anything of that. No, we, we, we've seen too many mistakes 
uh, over the past two weeks. Uh, and, and, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I mean, he's 22. He should have a learning curve. And, and you're seeing it. John McMullen, every night here on The Fix at 1030 for your football fix. Follow John at JF McMullen on Twitter, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and be sure to listen to Extending the Play every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Another short week here for The Fix. Tomorrow's our Friday, so John and I will do it one more time tomorrow and try and fit everything in to one segment. Sound good, John? Uh, we always do it, right? We can do it. We can do it. We always have, and we shall one more time. All right, John, I appreciate it, my friend. Enjoy your night. All right, you too. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. There he is, Johnny Mack. Um, it's just, I mean, I'll, I'll say it again. I've, we've said it a million times. It's, it's a mess right now in Philly. It really is a mess. And, you know, John mentioned when I brought up, like, what are the Eagles doing here with Jalen Hurts and the benching of Carson Wentz? And if Carson's going to be the starter week one, it's just none of it makes sense. John brought up, well, it would have made sense if Jalen was able to get this team into the playoffs. And I get that. But with the with the fact of Carson being back next year, lingering over your heads, that should have never even been an option. Right, because my thinking is, and you know me if you've been listening to the show, following me, whatever it is, I've been screaming and yelling for Carson to be benched. It was time. But if he's going to be the starter next year, you should have put him back in. Because now, like John said, they're just digging a deeper hole and they're they're making this controversy bigger and better. So I, I don't know what... What the end game is, I don't know where the light at the end of the tunnel is, but no one can certainly see it from here. All right, one hour down. Plenty more to go. Plenty more to get to. The Fix with Ryan Rothstein live in the Prop Swap Studios. We're going to take a break when we come back for the start of the 11 p.m. hour. Kelly Bidlin from the VC Network joins me to talk some best bets this week on your wagering menus. Stay tuned. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.